My name is Jensen Karp, and I'm a professional comedy writer, producer, rapper, and former morning show DJ. But above all else, I'm a sports fan. And I'm going to be honest, I'm extremely worried. Without any sign of competitive athletics worldwide, I feel pretty awful. So it got me wondering, if I feel this bad about it all, then how do the athletes feel? So that's what this podcast is all about. I'm talking to the athletes and sports industry professionals to see what they're up to, how they're holding up. Are they looking into living on that weird Dana White UFC island? And if so, do they have a plus one? I'm asking for a friend. Anyway, this is the No Sports Report. Adam Rapon is a national treasure. The American figure skater is the only man to win back-to-back world junior titles, and in 2018, he captured the bronze medal in Pyeongchang. But more importantly, he captured America's heart. By placing at the Winter Olympics, he became the first United States openly gay male to win a medal at the event. And he did it with style. Known for elaborate capes, feather prints, bejeweled pants, and a swagger all his own, he skated right off the ice when he retired in 2018 and walked onto things like Taylor Swift's You Need to Calm Down video. Or the Oscars red carpet, where he wore a Moschino BDSM-inspired tuxedo with a leather harness. Or Dancing with the Stars, which he won in 2018 with a jazz number to Anything You Can Do, I Can Do Better. And that's true, because he's also outlandishly funny, which is annoying. You don't see me effortlessly nailing a toe loop. Know your lane, dude. His sarcastic tone and undeniable wit is what makes him two steps ahead, making political statements even when you don't know he's doing it. So yeah. There's a lot to hate about such a lovable guy, which you'll learn during my discussion with homeschooled hero Adam Rapon on the No Sports Report. Call from Adam Rapon. To accept, press one. Press- Hello. Hey, Jensen. Yes. Hey, this is Adam. How are you? Hey, Adam. Thanks so much for doing this. It's much appreciated. It's my pleasure. Any sort of like interaction I can have with like humans right now is just, I mean, the pleasure's all mine, Jensen. I do like when people ask if I can fit something in my schedule and then I pretend to look at something and then say yes. Well, I just like, like work emails are so grim where it's like, I hope this finds you well in these circumstances. Like it really just sounds like it's like the end of the world. (laughs) We are all in the same place. So I am fine with you just saying hello and then following through with the business email. I don't think I'm having it any worse. I think (laughs) the world of of Hollywood and entertainment, we're okay. There are other people we should be worried about that are sick or less privileged than we are. But boy, this is boring. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's you know that's a work email I could sign off on. Absolutely, for sure. Give me give me a a day in Adam's life during this time. Okay. Well, I one I think for like Los Angelinos, it's not the worst thing because, like in New York, everything you do is super close. You have to take the train with people. You're always walking everywhere, and then like in Los Angeles, you're always in your car by yourself or whatever. So it's we're kind of used to like the traveling part that we don't need to do. I think it's like the not seeing everybody that's like tough but for my daily routine i'd love to take you step by step as it's a meticulous process of getting yeah you know i'm a true newsman so this is what i want and i'm i i'm sure here really to just like help you 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 know help yourself thank you so basically, the day sort of starts where the last one ends, is what I would say. So, you know, let's take uh, yesterday, for instance. Sure. I sort of slowly faded through the end of the night that sort of bled right into a 4 a.m. end time. Mm-hmm. 
So I went to bed around 4 a.m. I woke up maybe about an hour ago. But that, Jensen, will not dictate what time I go to bed tonight. Could be in a few hours. Could be in a few days. And clocks are obsolete. You know what? Um, When they said flatten the curve, (laughs) I didn't know that they meant time. Sure. So... I think that was the hardest thing for me. But I basically, I've been trying to like figure out what time zone I'm actually living in because I'm living like normal hours. Mm -hmm. But like, I think I truly, me living in LA, I have just been living constantly on Honolulu time is basically where my I mentally am right now. You're very healthy. You have a healthy sleeping pattern. It's just for a different state. Oh, yeah. I have a top bill of health actually. Right. And just not, not for where I'm living, I Correct. guess. Right. I'm not and, following the right moon cycle. Well, I, I, I feel like doing some research, I was like, oh boy, Adam does not have it necessarily easy considering you have family all across the country and your boyfriend JP is currently in Finland. So I don't even know if time zones should even be brought into the equation because it would be too hard for you to keep in touch with all these people. How are you doing that? So it is like, you know, time is sort of feels irrelevant right now. So my mom and I have a few siblings out on the East Coast. And then right now I have a sister that lives on the West Coast, but she went back to spend time with my mom. So I'm the only one on the West Coast right now. And then my boyfriend is in Finland right now, so he can't come over here. So I'm kind of just like last night, my mom called me and it was 10 in LA. So it was like 1 a.m. on the East Coast. And of course, I thought she was calling me to tell me something bad because it's like 1 a.m. Sure. And I get on the phone with her and she's like, hey, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh my God, is my mom really calling me doing like a hey you up right now? And she, she did. Has no she, idea. Yeah, no idea what time it is. Yeah. None. People have fallen in love with her over the years. She's been such a supportive mother. You've kind of included her all over the place in videos and such. How is she holding up? I mean, she was definitely insane before this happened, right. but I think this is really like the nail in the coffin for her. Yeah, we, we have similar mothers, which is great. And I it it is heartbreaking though, because I, I my mother lives very close to where we are. So we have been able to drive by each other. We've been able to sort of say hello. She gets to see my newborn kind of in passing through a window, which is brutal. Oh my god. I know it's brutal. But seeing her in sort of the mask and the gloves, I mean, it really truly feels like an apocalypse film. You know, it's just I think that's the most bizarre part of everything going on is that, you know, you see it all on the news, you read about it, you do stay at home, you don't go anywhere. And then when you do make that like one trip outside, whether it's for a walk or it's your like time to go to the grocery store and you really see everyone in like gloves and a mask and it hits you that it's real and it's and it's very local to like wherever you are and I think that's been the most surreal thing is that I can relay my experiences to my family on the East Coast and they are going through the same thing. I can talk to my friends international. They're all going through the same thing. I can talk to my boyfriend who's in Finland and it's the exact same situation. So it's this moment where everyone in the world is feeling almost exactly the same. Yeah, it's nuts. Any new shows that you're binging? I feel like you have maybe joined into the Netflix bunch. I don't know. What, what, have, you, what have you found yourself watching during the downtime? Okay, so absolutely. I'm not one of those people who could be quoted as saying I've watched everything on Netflix, Mm -hmm. but I fell down a deep, dark rabbit hole of how to get away with murder, and I've officially caught up all the way through to like the live episodes. Okay. Which is great. I I mean, I'm obsessed with Viola Davis, so that was. We all are, yeah. That was a, yeah, a journey. So she put me on a journey, and I'm thankful for it. 
then obviously that, that is slightly more highbrow than you know like tiger king or whatever that everyone's watching well here we go <laughs> i did fall down the rabbit hole of tiger king i haven't finished it yet because i'm trying to slowly make it through so that i can like seamlessly blend this into like the bonus episode sure. that's going to be coming out but Right now, my like fascination of Joe Exotic and Carol Baskins is just, it's peaked. Yeah, a possible murderer, Carol Baskin, yeah. Yeah, I think that's how she goes by, yeah, actually, officially. She has a business card. Yesterday on IGTV, you held a press conference explaining why you won't be joining TikTok in this climate. I wanted you to elaborate for it in case anyone didn't catch it <laughs> on the world news, uh, in case anyone missed it. What is your stance on TikTok? It seems to be a true quarantine hobby for everyone, but you are saying no. Well, okay. I do feel like so I did do a, a press conference with my self, Mm -hmm. which I felt was necessary. So basically the gist of it is that I truly feel like I'm in a weird, I'm in an odd age bracket. I'm in sort of a gray zone for TikTokers. I think if I were younger, it would be fun. I'd be like of the trend. Mm -hmm. And then if I were older, it would be fun because it's fun that I just even know how to use my phone. (laughs) Um, I don't know. I can't do it. I'm, here's, here's the thing. I'm going to put this out there for the millions of people that are going to be listening to what I have to say about TikTok yeah. is that I'm still open to doing collabs on oh, other collabs, TikTokers. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Wouldn't okay. shut that door. And I'm even open to doing a duet with a friend okay. at home. Great. So I'm not closing any doors right now. Thank it's God. just not the right time for me. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. No, I really do. My wife directs Disney television shows. And so she's around, you know, teens and the cools, I call them all the time. And Mm -hmm. they are always nonchalantly moving their hands in a dance thing, practicing it, getting ready to tape some TikTok later. And they're, you know, they learn all the challenges and all those things. And so she downloaded it. And I'm not sure I've ever felt older, ever. Older. I I also, to be honest, just rawness mm-hmm. i don't know how to navigate the platform yeah like is that really bad yeah no 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 it is terrifying if you're over it even i'm even going to say 25 it is purely a foreign language when going into it and also i'm like how did I've, I've said this out loud maybe 15 times while looking at it how did they match up their voice to the lip syncing how did they how did they even do that yeah <sighs> i mean jensen it's yeah. just it's It's a time, and like I said, it's a flat curve right now. It's a flat curve for many things. Mm -hmm. As a former Olympic medalist, this will now be the fourth time the Olympics have been canceled or postponed ever, once during World War I, twice during World War II, and now for COVID. Keep in mind, this thing has weathered political boycotts, Nazi Germany, two terrorist attacks, and now it is being postponed. Did you ever imagine that something, you know, as as minimal at first as saying, hey, there's a virus going around in China, et cetera, et cetera, did you think anything could rock the world uh, maybe of olympics so intensely um no i don't i i like this what what's going on right now truly feels like something that's out of a movie or something that you would read about and and i even had like a conversation with one of my friends where i was like i feel like there's there's this game on my iphone called like pandemic yes there was yeah absolutely and i was always thinking like this is such a far off funny interesting Mm -hmm. concept I mean, the bad thing about the game is I always lost. So I think in this situation, I'm truly no help. Yeah. But I'm happy they finally canceled the games because I think it's so easy to just look at the calendar and be like, oh, the games are in a few months. Maybe this will clear up in a few months and maybe we could still all go. But I think the 
deeper dive into that is that you're going to be taking people who have been training for the most important moment of their sporting career to the biggest competition of their lives where they could still be putting their trainers and officials and teammates in danger. And you wouldn't have allowed them to get access to a gym or to training for months. So it's going to really promote this overtraining where people are going to get injured before the games. The games would just be a, a huge mess. So it's just, it wasn't the right time, and it was just really to like relieve all these athletes of so much anxiety. And I think now we're kind of left with so the athletes who qualified should they have to requalify, or can they now just focus on the games? I think they should just focus on the games. Yeah. But then for all the other athletes who haven't qualified yet, you know, it's still it's another year of dragging out. Truly, what I can say is like the most grueling, you know, few months leading up to the games is the qualifying. So that that's, it's just so hard to have to go through that again. Yeah. And I guess from an athlete's perspective, which is rare to have in the Olympics, obviously to talk to, but like, what would adding a year to your training mean? Like, what would that mean if I were to say, you know, a few months before the games, Hey, we're postponing it. Does, is it just, is that gruesome to hear? Yeah. I would say that like if I were a summer Olympian getting ready for Tokyo 2020 and they said that they were postponing it, mm-hmm. I'd probably have this moment of like feeling a huge loss, like almost like a death because, you know, I, I think now as like a retired athlete, when I look around and I see things and it feels like, you know, it's like the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. But I remember like, as I was getting ready for 2018, 2018 was like a year I had ingrained in my brain ever since I had started training for the Olympics. So that was a year that I had, you know, focused on for 20 years. And then if somebody at the end of the day was like, we're going to move it, you know, you, you put all the pieces of the puzzle to go to the Olympics is such a funny once in a lifetime, you have to be born at the right time. You have to be be in your peak physical shape at the right time. And then to basically tailor make everything you're doing your entire life to be in that right time. And then for somebody to be like, oh, actually, it's going to be next year. Yeah. It's like very jarring, not impossible. But I hope these athletes that are like feeling bad actually can use this to be like, you know what? I have one full year to get even more prepared. But it's a tough, tough, tough call. Yeah. I mean, I am in nowhere near Olympian shape, but I know the difference for me between 39 and 40 this past year. I, I, I feel my knees a lot differently. I feel a lot of things. So I assume there are other people who even just that one year physically feel the difference. And so I guess I feel bad for them if that's a thing you can feel. Oh, yeah. I mean, if, even if you think of like women's gymnastics, like yeah. some of them are like in peak form at 16 and when they're 17, their bodies start to change and they lose some elements. So now you're going to be taking girls who like have been ready their whole life. They're going to be 16. And now maybe their bodies are going to completely change within this one year. And then it's another year of pounding for like whatever you're doing. I really didn't realize how much I was putting on my body until I retired. Mm -hmm. And then once I like stopped training every single day, once it wasn't like my job, I realized like, oh my God, I guess it isn't normal to be working out for like 12 hours a day. I could have told you that. I I should have called you to be honest and asked. (laughs) More with Adam after this quick break. As you know, communities are experiencing these difficult times differently across the country. 
school closures, job disruptions, lack of paid sick leave, and the coronavirus disproportionate impact on adults age 60 and older and low-income families are all contributing to the demands placed on food banks across the country. So Feeding America, alongside their network of 200 local food banks, are actively coordinating with lawmakers, federal, state, and local agencies to tailor responses on a county-by-county basis, depending on what is most urgently needed to ensure our most vulnerable populations continue to have access to food and other needed resources during this emergency. Right now, their greatest need is donations and support of local food banks. Please visit feedingamerica.org to learn more about their response efforts and how you can help. And we're back with more Adam Rapon. You were homeschooled at one point. That was probably a very rare and unique experience you've had in your life. And now all of the United States and a lot of the world is experiencing what you did in your childhood. What are the advantages and disadvantages of what everyone is participating in? Well, I think I'd like to go on the record of saying, like, anybody who ever teased me for being homeschooled, now you can suck my dick. <laughs> and then I would say the, the advantages of being homeschooled are that you can get a lot of work done all at once so you don't have to do any work later, which was never the route I took. My preferred route was not doing any work and then panic doing a full year's worth of classwork into like four weeks. Then I think the other thing is that basically you can kind of do it on your own time to get different work done. But I know a lot of kids are doing like Zoom meetings with their teachers and stuff. So like they're still kind of getting that like interaction with classmates and with a teacher. So I think that's great. Mm -hmm. But when I was homeschooled, my mom taught me for like one or two years, which was like a disaster for us. Sure. And why a disaster? I think that like, you know, it's just, I didn't listen, Jensen. I guess it was my fault. Hindsight's always twenty twenty. Maybe I should have listened. Well, are there any suggestions for parents then, as someone who didn't listen to theirs? What do you suggest uh, to parents who are now finding themselves teachers out of nowhere? Um, start drinking or smoke weed. That's right. Like, fig- like you're gonna need it. Very good. All right. You are known in the past for your eccentric and perfect song choices for these routines that you've done over the years that have been replayed on YouTube and viral. And I I guess what I want to ask is what are the perfect songs to add to your quarantine playlist? What are you thinking? I have a couple suggestions. I think we're going to turn a couple of these into a quarantine playlist for the podcast that you can get on Spotify. So anything come to mind when you're thinking about a quarantine playlist? I I hate myself for like giving this up, but I... I'm going to share it because it's the truth. Oh, please. And I don't want to be known for anything other than the truth. That's a safe space here, too. So, thank you. So, do you follow on Instagram? This will all come together in a second, Mm -hmm. I promise you. Do you follow on Instagram or, like, on YouTube, Five Minute Crafts? No. I mean, I, I could guess what it is, but I do not follow it. Yes. It's crafts that take about... 10 to 12 hours to finish and and require endless amount of resources, but seem whimsical, but are also completely, absolutely fucking pointless. Sure. But they have videos where basically it's like if a girl has a chapstick and she'll like push it on her lips, like she's trying to like beat herself with it and it'll break. And then they'll come to a shot of her. She's like, how did it break? And then they'll show her basically getting out a beaker and like a, a boiling pan and throwing five other broken chapsticks into a pan. Right, right. She'll boil it down, crush berries into it, find red pigment, and she turns it into lipstick. So well, I'm fascinated by these videos as I love impracticality. So in the background of these videos, they play different, I think, unlicensed music or music that they don't need to 
pay royalties for. Yeah, yeah. So there is this one song that I was getting stuck in my head it's in the background of all of these five-minute craft videos. And at first I thought it was like a joke song, but it's called Faithful Like a Blind Girl's Dog. And, and I wish I was lying to you when I am telling you what I'm about to tell you, that the song slaps. Uh, it's okay. really good. It it deserves to be on this playlist, but it also deserves to be rewritten. Okay, so a couple questions. Is, this is like a public domain song, or have you been able to find it on streaming? I've found it on streaming. Right. This is not like a YouTube only. Somebody did this in their garage. Okay. My, my initial reaction to it was that this song had to have been written in another language, and that it's being roughly translated, and that has to be some sort of phrase Okay. That like, oh, needle in a haystack. Right. Like it mu- has to be some sort of phrase in another language because right. in English it is, it is not translating well. No, I, I was bummed I didn't use it in my marriage vows. But it also, it sounds like... <laughs> you can like always it, renew. You can always renew. I know, renew. we can always renew. I, I do, I wonder, the way you're saying it, it's almost like the way when you go to karaoke and the videos don't match the songs, but you're like, I bet you it does in Japan. If this is a German song, like Flickchen, Heingen, Blind, Girl's Dog, like I'd be like, that maybe means something to them. Okay. Like maybe that's like, oh, you know, oh God, that, that what a beautiful thing. Maybe it's like their version of I Love You maybe. or something. It's, but, yeah. you know, over here, it, it, it means you've chosen a blind girl and you've associated her therapy mm-hmm. guide dog as the I mean it's it's a lot to take in it's, it's just lot. it's an odd choice of words I'm so I'm really going out on a limb and just assuming it means something really valuable to another nation listen morality never gets in the way of a bop so I understand I, no. I, I my other my, here's a couple of my selections see if it brings up any for yours to add to the playlist I have I think we're alone now I went with the Tiffany version so I've already picked one cover I went with One is the Loneliest Number. That is also a cover by Amy Mann. I did not pick the Three Dog Night version. And then I did Here I Go Again on My Own by Whitesnake. I think that would be a kind of a hype one rather, you know, One is the Loneliest Number will bring me very, very down. Yeah. I think Here I Go Again brings me back up. Well, I can tell you, um, Faithful Like a Blind Girl's Dog will bring it up. <laughs> okay. That'll, that'll raise the fucking roof. Great. It'll make up for any downers you got in that playlist. Well, let's hope we make a trend. All right, so very good picks. I'll add some more to the playlist and we'll post it after the podcast. All right, my most important part here, this is the thing I was so excited to have you on. You are a fashion icon known for some incredible looks and fits over the years. Quarantine chic is something that has come up in my mind over and over again. Are there certain things, because we're going to get into what I wear during this time, but are there certain things that you want to recommend to people overall during this time, something fashion related? You know, I doubt a lot of us are changing a lot. That's something to keep in mind. But what should we be wearing during quarantine season? I think right now in these times, if you are wearing denim at home, I think you need to take a real hard look in the mirror and figure out what happened to you as a child. Because something bad happened and you're relaying that experience into the discomfort you're wearing when nobody has an idea what you look like. I know. Imagine being, um, the, imagine being the partner who has to stare at you in jeans. Like, what are you doing, sir? Absolutely. Because, I mean, if my partner mm-hmm. was wearing jeans, I would take a pair of my own jeans and walk right up to them and be like, where did the bad jeans touch you <laughs> when you were a child? Show me where. Because that's the only reason you'd be wearing denim at home. So I think you should just, I think, be comfortable. And then I think a lot of us were either just 
hanging at home with our family. And if we're taking some meetings, it's all about dressing up from the waist up. Great. Everything from the waist down, that's fair fucking game. Yeah. Do whatever you want. Nobody's going to see you. Mm-hmm. Nope. Nobody's looking. Great. Anchor, I call those anchorman fits. That's amazing. Yeah. Yes, that's so true. Anchorman fits. All right, so I've sacrificed myself here. We have sent you three actual outfits. These are not bits that I have worn during quarantine to walk my dog. It's the only true outing I have every day. Uh, I have no idea what my inspiration was. I know I was going mostly for comfortable and for what I could do quickly. Just get it over with. I'm willing to have them critiqued. All three of these pictures will be seen in our show notes. I will try my hardest uh, to get listeners up on it and explain to them what, what you're looking at. But please have mercy on me. First up, we have Z- Zombie Jensen. This is a sleep shirt I'm wearing. For everyone who knows, sleep shirt is just a shirt that's a little too big for you. I don't know why we did that in our nation, but if you have a shirt that's just a little too large, it becomes a sleep shirt exclusively. It is from the rap group Flatbush Zombies. I'm wearing also Bullet Club sweats. They somehow, not on purpose, tucked into my multicolored socks, and I'm wearing Fila slip-ons. The outfit, in your mind, you should think of something that someone would wear while waiting for Maury to give you paternity results. What do you, what, where do you, what do you see zombie Jensen as? This is real. Okay. Well, I, I just, before we even start this, I do, I have to tell you that like, I was impressed with the looks. Okay. So this probably won't be the dig that you're looking for, but I, I'm going to really hype you up for Thank these. You. This is probably of, of the looks that we're going to be looking at. This is maybe my least favorite, but okay. something I would still wear. Okay. There's nothing I love more than a sock that has a sweatpant tucked into it because that screams to me. Yeah. I don't care. Great. And that's what I really love about this. I think your dog in this photo, yes. they are really speaking volumes with just their look. Of, I know. Can we get this over with? He's so disgusted. That dog, That dog, by the way, is named Brunch uh, because he's super white. <laughs> <laughs> So you, you well, see, I love that. Yeah, we've we've that's we've really we've, brilliant. we've leveled a lot onto him. So this one is your least favorite, but it is still it is still a look. L e w k. It's absolutely this is absolutely still like I'm loving the sleep tee. I would wear that out and about. I love an oversized tee. I'm really loving the sweatpants. I think your overall demeanor is yeah. You're owning. You know what you're wearing. You're not embarrassed. You. You're owning what's happening to you right now. Thank you. And um, it's just really nice to see that those poop bags on the keychain are like kind of popping through. Great. Self-awareness is key. Poop bags also important. All right. Second up is the Keith sweatsuit. Now, this is a sweatsuit where there's a graphic of 80s R&B singer Keith Sweat, the same exact graphic on both the crew neck sweater and on the leg of the sweatpants. It's the same exact graphic, hence Keith sweatsuit. This does fit better. This doesn't have his baggy of a look again with the same slip-ons no socks here which gives me a real hobbit look with the feet but this is also something that i wore during the quarantine tell us about it okay actually this is my favorite look because i really feel like nothing says like take me as i am as a matchy matchy tracksuit i personally would 1000 percent wear this on a daily basis great I do think that like the no sock is a brave choice. Yeah. I find, I go back and forth between like men showing their feet because I think most men have busted feet. And so my kind of mentality on feet is that they're kind of the male private part <laughs> that like maybe you shouldn't show them. And if you are, you're being really, you're being brave, yeah. but you have great toes. Thank you. Is, as I'm sure you've been told before yes, that they aren't distracting. They actually compliment the outfit. I'm, I'm really into this one. I would wear Keith sweats any day. Thank you. Uh, I also hope that gets me on wiki feet. All right. Lastly, 
Puffy Jensen. This is one that really, I, I, I tweeted it at the time because my wife was making fun of me as we were walking. It does look like I let a four-year-old dress himself. It was somehow both hot and cold in Los Angeles, you know, because you've been living here. It depends on what side of the street you're walking on. So I am wearing a huge North Face puffer jacket. It is George Costanza-esque, very big New York look. I'm wearing a Death Row Records t-shirt, barely visible underneath it. I'm wearing red athletic shorts. They're like Nike shorts made of like a cloth, which I cannot defend. I am also wearing calf calf socks. Okay, the calf socks. One of them, didn't even notice till I walked out of the house. One of them is Doc Brown, and the other is Marty McFly from Back to the Future. And I'm also wearing Air Jordan 1s from their recent couture collection uh, that they released that I like very much, but they're not tied. They're just kind of a slip-on at this point. This is definitely later in the quarantine now where my judgment and thoughts have gotten away from me. I feel like this is what the bad guy Billy Eilish is warning people about. Uh, you tell me what you think about it. I, I think... <laughs> <laughs> I think the the bad guy Billie Eilish is warning us about is an excellent descriptor of this look. Thank you. I can tell you're putting less caution to the wind, yeah. but I, I don't blame you. This look is classic New York, where it's blizzard on the top, tropical on the bottom, right. where the, the short really comes in. I... This is, I probably wouldn't be wearing this look, but I probably have worn this look within the last like two weeks. So, you know, he without sin cast the first stone. I can't say really much about it, but I think if you're asking me, your strongest looks are in your matching sweatsuits. The strongest looks because they're the most comfortable, but it makes you look the most put together. I appreciate it. I do also in the last one look like an uncut gems extra. (laughs) It's just a bad New York look. Is there anything from this time as we wrap up here? Is there anything from this time during the pandemic that you think we've adapted to that we should stick with as we move forward? Well, one thing is I've really connected with so many more people than I ever did on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how possible that is when we all get working again and out getting integrated back into our normal lives. But I think that in a way where I felt like so disconnected from so many people that like I've actually felt connected to people I haven't felt connected to in a really long time. And I think that's sort of been one of the beautiful things of this. Great. And I hope that we're able to kind of keep that and stay connected with each other because we shouldn't just wait for a crisis to happen to reach out and just see how our friends are doing. Yes, good one. All right, so now onto the last stupid thing. I've been giving every athlete, everyone I interview, suggestions as to what they might be able to do during quarantine. So here are three things I came up with for you, Adam, things that we could join in to your current schedule. All right, first up, I know from watching the cools on the internet that tie-dye is in, I think it's time for you to go look in your closet for some white items and learn how to tie-dye. I'm down for that. Okay. okay. Do you have any suggestions of dyers? I mean, I have salsa. I just don't, well, like, no. I don't. Yeah, no, not salsa, not sriracha. I think you're going to have to go to, I mean, the only, the only place that's open is uh, Hobby Lobby. I'm not sure that they will accept us with open arms at all. All right, okay. noted. I'm Listen, writing it down. I'm not promoting Hobby Lobby by any way, shape, or form. I just want to readdress that. Yeah, okay. this is actually not, they're, they're not a sponsor no, of the podcast. They're, so. they're, they're an anti-sponsor. Okay. Whatever the opposite of a sponsor yeah. is. Okay, moving on. Uh, Corey, 
quarantine. They bill you. Yeah, they bill you. Okay, <laughs> you so did not say their name. They <laughs> I'm, sent you, I'm ruining your show. They sent you a bill. Okay. Uh, secondly, quarantine vlogs. Now, I am a huge fan of your YouTube channel. You are very popular there. People might want to hear from you from within inside the house. So I'm, I'm saying just pick up a GoPro that you got or use your phone and some quarantine vlogs. I think that's an excellent suggestion. Great. Those are both real. And the other one is I thought it doesn't really work time zone wise in, in, in the quarantine vlogs. But I was thinking also if you wanted to just run your FaceTime or your WhatsApp while you're sleeping and then your boyfriend could also sleep and then you guys could technically sleep together. But that doesn't really work with the 10 hour difference. You know what? There is a kink in that plan, but okay. not it's not the worst thing I've ever heard because okay. I think with um, everything going on, nobody really knows what time it is. So it's like, you know, when you're on two swings together yes. and you start swinging and you're together and then all of a sudden you're all off, yep. right? Yep. But then all of a sudden you get synced up again. I think that's sort of like what our sleeping schedule is going to okay. be like. So okay. even though he's on the other side of the world, we just our swings might be swinging together yeah, yeah. pretty soon. I mean, uh, you heard it here first. You guys are swingers. <laughs> okay. And then lastly, my final suggestion is Adam's ribs. It is jumping into the idea. I know it's not a good time to open a restaurant. That's a bad idea, but this could just be out of your house and it's like a Grubhub type of situation where you make barbecue and then uh, someone delivers it. I like this. Okay. I like it. I like Adam's ribs. One, because I've eaten so much here in quarantine oh. that I haven't seen my own ribs in at least four weeks. <laughs> yeah. So at least somebody would be benefiting from them. Yeah. I'm going to be like Marilyn Manson. I'm getting them all removed. <laughs> yeah. I don't need them anymore. <laughs> they're, they're just visual. They're not needed. Adam Rapon, thank you so much. You are a brilliant, brilliant interview. I appreciate it. And I, I wish you uh, all the safety and all the health and all of the synced up time zones for your family and your boyfriend. Much love. And, and, and hopefully we'll talk soon when this thing's all done. Oh, I would love that. Jensen, thanks so much. You stay safe. And I hope that your mom can see your newborn soon. Thank all you. the best to your whole family. Thanks for chatting with me. Oh, it was a lot you. of fun. All right. Take care, buddy. Bye. The No Sports Report is produced and distributed by Treefort Media. The show is executive produced by Kelly Garner, Lisa Ammerman, and me, Jensen Karp. Our series producer is Matthew Kugler. Tom Monahan is our senior audio engineer and sound supervisor with additional production help from Tim Schauer, June Rosen, and Haley Mandelberg. With production and editing by Jasper Leak. Our theme music is composed by Spilkus. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please subscribe, rate us, and review us on Apple Podcasts. You have nothing else to do. Send it to your friends, tweet, share, post about it, do whatever you can. And please visit feedingamerica.org. And if you're able to make a donation, any amount will help make a difference. And you can learn more about other ways to help on their website. For more information on the No Sports Report, links to the socials, and for our show transcripts for the hearing-impaired listeners, please go to treefort.fm. Be safe and be well.